tonight because next Sunday is what? Thanksgiving? Explosion. I want to get you ready for it. Start getting you prepared. Because listen, some of you had not praised God so long, it might break something, man. Oh, my goodness. It might break something. You might be like, praise, oh, oh. You might start having a heart attack or check pain. I don't want that to happen. I'm going to start getting you conditioned for it. But we're going to talk just for a second here. Go to Psalms 96. Psalms 96. Anybody awake out there, say amen. It's Sunday afternoon. It's normally the dead, quiet, tired time. Not anymore, man. We're going to make this the best service of the whole week. For those that come, they get the benefit. For those that don't, they get to stay sad and pathetic, and that's on them. But we're going to have a good time. Psalms 96. Now, it's getting ready for praise and thanksgiving. I don't think it has to be a one-day deal, man. We're going to try to start it just like we do Christmas a little bit early. So tonight, I want to get you in the thanksgiving spirit. We're going to talk about honoring and worshiping the Lord. And I'm going to give you four quick things that you got to do if you want to truly honor and worship God. Psalms 96 simply says this, Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Sing unto the Lord. Bless His name. Show forth His salvation from day to day. Declare His glory among the heathen, His wonders among all people. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. Who agrees with that? Boy, I tell you, when you start thinking about the praises of God and all that He is worthy to be praised for, it is overwhelming to the brain. You simply cannot categorize Him. There ain't nothing like Him, nothing to compare to Him. There's... Everything you have is given to you courtesy of God's grace and goodness. Everything that, that you want is going to go through God's goodness and grace at some point. And man, He is worthy to be praised and greatly to be praised. He should be praised all the time. Are you a praiser of God? Are you a praiser of God? I mean, how long has it truly been since you spent time in personal prayer Simply praising God for the good things in your life. And I'm going to tell you the best way for, for you to be able to realize the great things in your life. This is the best way. You ready for it? Here's the best. How many of you would like to know more about, about, about how much God's blessed you? How many of you would like to know more about it? Y'all are afraid to raise your hand? Mikey, here you go. Let me tell you the best way to learn what God's done for you when he simply takes it away. There's those verses, boy, where you're going to read where Israel sits by the riverside, and they weep and they cry as they remember the goodness of God in the promised land on their way to Babylon in chains. But we know that God is great. He's worthy to be praised. Worthy to be praised. Greatly to be praised, as the verse says here. He is to be feared above all gods. Notice the small g there. Some of you do not have little statues of a fat, naked Buddha in your house. And I do sincerely hope that none of you have a picture or a statue of the little fat naked Buddha in your house. Amen? Y'all shouldn't have those. You know, some people buy them. For, listen, I want to, I want, I'm not preaching on this tonight, but I'm going to slap at it. I don't think you ought to have false gods in your house. Even if you don't worship them, if you're just using them for decor, maybe there's a better way to decor your house. You shouldn't have little statues of, of Buddha in your house. I've seen Christians that put them out in their garden and things. Listen, that is a false god. People bow. When I lived in Hawaii, people literally for hours would rub little beads in front of a little statue of Buddha and they'd bow. And, and man, they make this weird. It's almost horrifying. Who's ever heard of Buddhist worship? They make that... And it is scary. We had them right next... We, had, we lived next to a temple. And late at night, they'd be in there doing that. And it was, man, it was like demonic or something. But they'd do that in front of a little statue... A little fat man named Buddha. 
I've seen people put them in their gardens and in their house and in their living room because they think it just kind of looks neat. No, you've got a false god statue, a little G-god. Now, I don't think that any of you have little statues of Buddha in your house. And let's say amen so I don't have to worry about that. Amen. amen. I don't want to have to worry about my church members having false gods in their house. Get it out if you do. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. And if you've got a statue of a lady with a bunch of arms, get rid of it. Amen? And whatever else is out there, don't put those there. Don't, 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 don't go with that stuff and use it for fashion. Don't use it for decor. Or don't look at it because it's kind of neat and mysterious. That is wicked stuff, man. But I'm going to tell you what, a lot of you don't have that, but there are Christians that have false gods. Little G gods all in their life. Anything that takes the place of God becomes a God. You know what a little G God is for a lot of people? Well, I'm going to make you mad. You ready? A lot of people, it's sports. Did you know that there's Christians right now that are not in church right now who believe they should be in church, know they should be in church, know they should have gone? You know what they're doing right now, though? They're watching a bunch of millionaires chase a little brown ball around a field. Now, I'm going to tell you something. It's never right, but in today's modern technology world, there's not even a, really a good excuse for it. You realize we have church at 3 o'clock, and you could record that game and go home tonight and get home around 5 o'clock and watch it just as easily without any skin off your back. And what's neat is you could fast forward through all the boring and stupid parts and see the good stuff, as long as you can avoid hearing who won. Yet, I promise you, there's hundreds of men right now sitting in front of their little G. What's that little G? It's a little box. And that's their little God that's taken the place of God and pushed God out of the way. I hear people that say, well, I like to take Sunday afternoon, stay home and do all my binge watching for all the shows I've recorded. And I'll watch one after the other uh, until i got to go to bed. So then I listen to me. You need to be careful. You've now put something in front of God, and that's a little G God in your life. And now it has taken the place of God. None of us would want a statue of Buddha in our living room. At least I hope we wouldn't. We wouldn't put a, a statue of, of a Hindu god or a demon god or some kind of... We don't believe in that, but I'm going to tell you something. We've got to be careful that we don't have a bunch of little G-gods in our life. For some people, and it's money. Some people, that little G-god is money. They'll do anything for money. They'll do anything to have money. Money is the answer. You know, that is literally the, 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 the solution to everything. And you do anything to have it. You better be careful. We need to put God above all other little G-gods. There's a lot of little G-gods out there. Pleasure, partying, sports, money. I mean, that could just go on and on. The Lord is great, greatly to be praised, and He is to be feared above all gods. That means that you would never, ever, ever, ever put another little G-god in front of Him. He is, you're just, you, you fear Him above all them. He takes the preeminence. Does He have preeminence in your life? Now, y'all are the Sunday night crowd. We're talking about all them other people. Amen? Amen? Somebody say amen. amen. Yeah, Sunday night crowd, we, we don't deal with that. But, but I tell you what, you've got to watch it because it can become that way. There are people that have allowed even other people to pull them out of their faith. When that happens, you've allowed another human to be a little G-God pulling you out of your service and your, your, your walk with the true living God. Now, look at verse 5. For all the gods of the nations are idols. You ever think about idol, the word idol? On your car, what does it mean when it's an idol? When you, you put it in neutral, it's an idol, right? What happens when you hit the gas pedal? Makes a lot of noise, doesn't it? That sounds like Frankenstein a little bit, doesn't it? Now, see, when I hit mine, I have a Dodge Hemi. A ramp. 
You know what I'm talking about, right? You understand the Dodge power. When I hit it, it goes... Some of y'all, though, with your little foreign-made Japanese thing, whatever it is you got, it goes... Sounds like a sewing machine. But in any case... That's hilarious. That's hilarious. In any case, uh, it ain't going anywhere. I don't care how much noise it makes. I don't care how big of a roar or how big of a... It ain't going anywhere. That's being an idol. That's what an idol is. It makes a lot of noise and goes nowhere. Let me tell you something. You can pray to all the idols in the world, but they take you nowhere. There's a lot of false gods and people making, you know all their, their prayers and making a lot of noise around these false gods, but those false gods don't hear one prayer. They don't answer one prayer. They don't give you one dollar in your pocket. They don't heal one person in a hospital room. You're praying to a rock, a stone, an idea that a human came up with. We serve Jehovah, the living God. And we know that He is powerful. He is not an idol, something that just can't do anything. All these other gods of the nations, they're just idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before Him. Strength and beauty are in His sanctuary. Give unto the Lord all ye kindreds of the people. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto His name. Bring an offering and come into His courts. Did you see there? Give. Then again the word give. Then we see give. Then we see bring an offering. Boy, I tell you what, there is a correlation between worshiping God and giving to God that we cannot ignore. If you're not giving to God, you are not truly worshiping God. I don't care how many songs you sing. You may have every praise and worship song memorized. You may drive along all week listening to praise and worship music in your car, and you may pray all these prayers of praise, but if you're not giving to God what is His, you are not worshiping God. It's hand in hand. It is a crucial part of it. Oh, listen to me, man. Look at verse 9. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of His holiness. Fear before Him all the earth. Say among the, he the heathen that the Lord reigneth. The world also shall be established that it shall not be moved. He shall judge the people righteously. Let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad. Let the sea roar in the fullness thereof. Let the field be joyful. And all that is therein, that's all the bounty of the field. That's the corn and the cotton and the peas and the rice and the beans. Man, that's the field and all that's there. Let it be joyful. Then shall all the trees of the wood rejoice before the Lord, for he cometh, for he cometh to judge the earth. We looked at that last Sunday night. We looked at the rapture and the second coming. He shall judge the world with righteousness and the people with his truth. Now, when it says he'll judge the people with his truth, that's talking about the word of God. Now, I want to give you just quickly four quick thoughts here. The Bible talks about giving honor and worship to God. This is a psalm of honor and worship. Worship involves four basic things. Let me give them to you quickly. If you're going to honor, how many of you want to honor and worship God? How many of you want your life? I'm not just talking about, we did some honoring and worshiping God here. We sing those songs. We didn't sing about Buddha. We didn't sing about Allah. We didn't sing about, uh, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, whoever else is out there. But you know what? We sing about Jehovah tonight. And every song we sang was about Jesus. We honored God through the, the, the art of singing. But listen, if you truly want to honor and worship God, remember these four things. Honor and worship of God involves, number one, obedience. Say that with me. Obedience. You see the word honor used in conjunction to mom and dad. The Bible says that children must what? Honor their parents. Now, you may say, okay, 
I can honor my mom and dad while I disobey my parents' commands and wishes. Is that being an honorable child? How many of you would agree then that for you to obey the command of honoring your mom and dad, you must obey mom and dad? You cannot be an honorable child to your parents and be a disobedient child. By that same token, we see the word honor as it applies to God. If you want to truly honor God, listen to me everybody, young people, listen to me now, don't tune me out. Sunday afternoon, give me your attention tonight. Get something out of this. Look at me, look at me, all of you. Here's the reality. If you're not obeying God, you're not honoring God. If you're not seeking God's will for your life and performing that will in your life, you're not honoring God. God tells you, I want you to go to Bible college and you go to be a doctor at, at, a, at a big university. Now, if God's called you to be a doctor, then go be a doctor. But if God called you to be a Christian school teacher and you're running from that, you're not honoring God when you're disobeying God. You believe that Jonah was honoring God when he ran away from God? Now, Jonah didn't denounce God. He didn't decry God. He was still going to go to another place and preach for Jesus. But how many of you believe that he was dishonoring God as long as he was on a ship going to a different place? You cannot honor God if you are disobeying God in your life. I don't care how much money you put in a plate. I don't care how many songs you know by heart. I don't care how many, many times you stand and wave and sing and praise. If you are disobeying God in your life, if you're going against His will, going out of His way, you are dishonoring the God who sits in the heavens. So the first thing about honoring and worshiping God, if you truly want to honor and worship God in your life, you must do what? Obey. Say it now. One, two, three. Obey. Are you doing that? I don't mean just in that call. I mean in, in your day-to-day -day life. Did you obey God with your tithes this morning? You're not worshiping God when you're disobeying God. You're not honoring God when you're disobeying God. Did you honor God this morning with the $10 that He gave you in your paycheck this week? With every dollar He gave you, did you honor God with that dollar? Did you give Him that 10 cents? Now, if you didn't, you didn't honor God. You disobeyed God, you didn't honor God. We must honor God by obeying God. If God wants you to teach a Sunday school class and you're not teaching a Sunday school class, maybe it's because there's not an opportunity, but if there's been an opportunity and you sit there saying, man, I know I should be the one to do that, and you feel that prodding of God, you're not honoring God till you yield to God. We have to honor God by obeying God. You cannot honor God and be in disobedience to Him. You cannot. Let me give you a second thing. You can't honor God unless you are praising God. Now, we honor God by, by audibly praising God through song and testimony and living a life that honors God. Our life is a song that many people are listening to. Now, if your life's a song on the phone this week with your lost friend, what kind of song was it? Was it a song of faith, glory, praise? Your lost loved ones, do they see honor of Jesus in your day-to-day -day life? We need to be praising God through singing. We need to be praising God. And listen, when we're singing, sing, man. Get into it and sing. This isn't something we're doing just to fill a spot in a service. This is something we're doing to honor God with it. God is, is, he loves to hear music. God inhabits praise. So when we sang tonight, we were 
doing our part to honor and worship the Lord, but also through giving testimonies. Brother Vince, you gave a testimony. You were quick to give one. That was an honor to the Lord. And you need to be quick to talk about God's praises in front of even lost people. Now, sometimes we have to use wisdom. They don't understand some of these things. But I'll tell you what, if you will praise God from a genuine heart. You know why the world gets turned off by a lot of praise? It's perceived as ingenuine. Is that true? They don't think you're really being real. And sometimes it invites them to study you, watch you. What's the best way to show somebody when you're praising God that you really mean it? It's the best way. What's the only way? When people are watching to see if you're genuine, if you really believe all that junk you're saying, what's the best way for them in the long run to see that it is genuine? Huh? How you live your life, okay. What else? Praise Him when times are bad, okay. What else? All right, here we go. I'm going to give you one word. Consistency. Consistency. People get turned off by that, uh-oh, praise Jesus. But I'm going to tell you something. When they see you doing it consistently, then they say, you know what, that old boy really believes that. That old boy really believes even though something bad's happened to him, God's going to take bad and turn it into good. That old boy really does believe in this thing. He really believes that he just got laid off, but he really believes that if he just keeps his eyes on God and he doesn't drop out of church and he doesn't start talking about how God's let him down, they watch you go through some bad things and you're going to go through bad things. And then they see that you actually mean it. When do we most of the time praise God? When something's going good. Even an idiot can praise God when something's going good. You know what I'm saying? Even a dog knows how to praise when you give it a treat. People are watching. We need to praise God continuously. And we do that through singing His praises, talking of His praises, testifying, living a life that when people watch it, it is a song of praise. And then, of course, we can honor and worship the Lord through service. We honor God when we do the work of His house. You teachers this morning, you honored God. Cassie, you honored God by teaching a class this morning. Jackie, you honored God by getting here teaching a Sunday school class. That was honoring to God. You did something that God is honored by. We can keep going. Brother Jelani, right now you're running that sound booth. You're doing something for the glory of God, for the work of God, for the purpose of God's work. Running that thing. This morning, I know you went down and helped in children's church. That is honoring to God with your time. Be easy just to want to come to church and just be able to sit. This morning, you got up and drove an old bus, Miss Angel. I know, you, man, I'm, it's hot, it's humid, even in November. You know what? You didn't do that for any praise. You didn't do that so people pat you on the back. Uh, and sometimes there's not even a lot of kids that come. Sometimes you've driven it, come back, and nobody got up and came. But you know what? Rather kids came, whether it was full or whether it was empty, you honored God when you got here this morning willing to serve Him and you drove that bus and you picked up kids. That honored God. You know, it puts a smile on God's face. God knows that you do it for Him. You're not, there's no way you do it for any other reason. No way. Man, man, we honor God when we serve Him. And you know what? The stinkier the job, 
the more honor God gets from it. Is that true? Sometimes there's things in church that you just really don't want to do, man. Brother Gary, you honor God when you mow that lawn. That's a hard work, man. That's a big lawn to mow, too. You come in and you're sunburned and itchy from grass and, and, and you've, you've had a whole morning up here doing it. And I'm going to tell you something. That honors God, though. God looks down at you and knows that you're not doing this for praise because I know you're not. You get mad at me every time I mention it. But I know this. I know this. You do it to honor the Lord. I love what Brother Kimball used to say. Pastor Bill Kimball. What a, you know, sometimes I, I hate it when some of these men pass and it seems like they get forgotten. Man, I've tried my best to never let Brother Kimball's memory be forgotten around here. But I remember how he used to come up early in, in that, those bathrooms at the old building that were right there off the front there. He'd come in every morning. They'd get filthy because of the school kids. And he'd get there and he'd mop those and he'd clean them, clean those commodes. And he told me one time when I was preaching in chapel, he'd just come out and he smelled like bleach. And he was telling me about it. He was wiping sweat off, sweat off his brow. He said, I'm going to tell you something. I wouldn't do that for anybody else in the world. Go along and clean up commodes. But then you know how Brother Kimball was. He got a big old tear. He said, but I'd do it for Jesus every day. You know what he was doing? He was honoring God through service. And the stinkier the service, the more honorable it is. A lot of times all we want to do is do the honorable services. We want to be up here doing the things that, that often come with the applause and the notification. Man, I love to hear people sing in church. But, but I'm going to tell you, it's just as honoring to God. If you honor God with music, just as much as it is if you came in there and cleaned up a bathroom before church this morning, if you did it for God. Are you honoring God with service? If you're not serving God, you're not honoring God. You're not honoring what He wants from you. And then lastly, we've already seen it a little bit, but in verse 8, He talks about giving unto the Lord. We see it in verse 7 and verse 8. We see that, that you give Him the glory, give unto the Lord the glory due to His name. And he, How do you do that? Look at verse 8. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto His name. Then He gives instruction. Y'all read it to me, because I don't want you accusing me of just trying to put words in your mouth. Read the next part. Boy, I, I see how this is going to be. Bring it off. How do, you, how do you give honor to God? You bring out offering. You bring out offering. You've got to honor God by bringing that offering. You've got to honor God by bringing that offering. Bring that offering. Listen to me. When you write that tithe check out and you put it in the plate, whether your church is in debt or whether your church needs it or whether your church is a millionaire church, you're doing it for the glory of God. You're doing it to honor God. When you put that dollar in the little missions offering in Sunday school, you're honoring God. Now, you cannot talk around about how much I honor God and then steal from God week after week after week. That's not honor. That's not honor. That's not honor. You would not honor somebody and steal from them. Amen? You would not be able to honestly ever say, I honor my, my boss while you're stealing from his safe every day. You're dishonoring your boss. That same concept. Kids, you wouldn't be able to say, I honor my mom and dad while lifting money out of their purse and stealing from them. Man, I've had parents come in and tell me, my kids have drug problems and they steal from me. I, I preached a funeral in a popka for a young boy that got strung out on drugs. I preached a funeral for his mother. Remember that? Beat his mother to death with a baseball bat. 
beat her to death because she would not give him the money. But the truth of it is, she was, he was stealing from her. And she came to see me about it. And he, he was stealing every money, a bit of money. She put her purse down, he'd clean it out. She had money hidden in her drawer. She'd come in and find her drawers and things in her room, ransacked and whatever. She had jewelry. He took it and pawned it. So desperate. And one day, and I, I feared for her. And then we got the call that he had come in there with a bat, beat her to death, literally blood splattered all over that, that, that's how they caught him. They came in with those black lights and that stuff they spray. And, but he took her body and his girlfriend helped him. They rolled her up in a carpet, took her over to Lake Jessup, all the way over from Apopka to Lake Jessup, where he had been told it was infested with alligators. And he dumped her body in there in a, in a place off the side of it that he found, believing that those gators would drag her body off and devour it. Without a body, he was always told that they wouldn't be a crime. Well, they did come in and they used those lights and they sprayed that and they was just, they said it looked like a, a Pollock painting, if you know what that is. Pollock painting, you know, the splatter paint everywhere, blood all over that hallway where he took a bat and beat her until she was dead. I'm going to tell you something, you, you would never do that. I hope you wouldn't. None of you kids would ever do that. But the truth is, there are kids that would steal from their parents and there's no way... You're honoring your mom and dad when you're stealing from them. No way. By the same token, you cannot say, I'm honoring God and stealing His 10%. Honoring and worshiping God involves giving. Giving. And you don't have to give any more than what He's asked. 10% and a little offering. It's up to you what you give over 10%. But you're not honoring God until every week you honor Him with your giving. You honor God with your first fruits you've done that, you've honored the Lord. Are you honoring God? Are you honoring God? Those are four quick things. I want you to bow your heads.